You know, when, you, when you, your family's getting ready to go on a trip, uh, you're ready to go, the, the hardest part of the trip is getting out the house, right? Because you got all this list of stuff that you got to make sure is taken care of before you go, and then you finally get everybody in the car, and, oh, I forgot something. Got, somebody got to go back in. Oh, well, we, now we got we to check this. It, 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 the hardest part is getting on. And so last week we started with beginning the journey. That's the hardest part, beginning the journey when we say to the Lord Jesus Christ, my life is no longer about me. But from now on, each step I take, I take in you. My life now is for you. And we begin the journey. Well, this morning I want us to continue to talk about the journey as we look at just the, the reality that life is a journey. Following Jesus is a lifelong journey filled with twists and turns and ups and downs. God is calling each of us to take the next step in our faith journey. Remember, it's not just the destination that matters, it's the journey. So look with me, if you will, in 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to begin at verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. As we think about the fact that life is a journey, I want us to, first of all, remember who we are. Now, this morning I am speaking to the same people that Peter was speaking to. I'm speaking to the church. I'm speaking to God's people. Those of us who have already made that commitment to Christ, we've already begun our journey, then if we have begun our journey with Him, we can say that life is a journey and we have to remember who we are. Look at what He says to us. You are a chosen race. God picked us to be in his family. We're a chosen race. He says you're a royal priesthood. Every one of us is a priest, meaning that we have not only the opportunity and the, the, the privilege to come into God's presence by ourselves, but we also have the opportunity and the privilege to serve him by serving others. A priest not only has entrance into the presence of God, but he or she also has the opportunity to represent God to others. And we all are priests. We all have that privilege and that opportunity. He says you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Don't forget who you are. He says you're a holy nation. 
You are a group of people that have been, that is uh, signified, that is, is designated as something different from the rest of the world. The word holy simply means separate. God is holy because there is no one else like him anywhere. He is holy because he is completely separate from all that we know and understand. And so when he says, now you be holy as God is holy, he's saying you be different. Be different than the world around you. You are a holy nation. Don't forget who you are. He says not only that, but he says you are a people for his own possession that you may claim excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. He says in verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are a people because God made you a people. He brought the church together as a family. And now that family is one people. That family is a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, separate and different from the world around us. In verse 11, he says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. That's who you are. You, you, you are a wholly separate people who are just sojourners and exiles. In other words, you're just traveling through this life. Don't forget who you are. You are a people on a journey. We are a nation of chosen people who are traveling through this world. Don't get distracted, discouraged, or disappointed by the world around you because our purpose and our Joy is to be on a journey. The world will distract us away from our task. The world will make us discouraged and disappointed. If we put our eyes on the world around us, then we forget that this is not why we're here. We're on a journey. Don't allow the world to, to distract or discourage or disappoint. You see, you were intended to stand out, not fit in. You're a holy nation. Don't forget who you are. You're supposed to stand out and be different. You're not really supposed to fit in. Paul said it very clearly, didn't he, in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world. Don't fit in. Don't let the world tell you who you are. That's what it means to be conformed to this world. To be conformed is to allow the pressures from outside to form you into what those pressures want you to be. To be conformed is pressure from the outside changing who you are. But instead, you're to be transformed. That's something that takes place from within. That's a change that happens inside, moving out. And he, so he says, don't be conformed. Don't let the world shape you into what they want you to be, but be transformed, changed from the inside by the renewal of your mind. You think differently. How do you think? You think like somebody on a journey. You realize that this is not all there is. And if you put everything you've got into this, you're cheating yourself because this is not all there is. There's a whole lot more. We are people on a journey. And so he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our goal, our, our job, if you will, is to journey through this life with our focus on our destination 
And along the way, we will be able to tell what is God's will because we're following him. Remember who we are. But then I want to say to you, not only do we want to remember who we are, we want to remember whose we are. Remember whose we are. In that same verse that we started, verse 9, he told us who we were. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. But then look, he says, you are a people for his own possession. You're a people for God's own possession. You are no longer yours. That happened when you started the journey with Jesus. When you started the journey with Jesus, you denied yourself. You took up your cross and you followed him daily. And when we started the journey that way, we said, I'm no longer about me. Now I belong to you. Remember whose you are. Stop trying to figure out how you can get the most that you can get for you. Because so your, your life is not about you anymore. Stop trying to compete with everybody because it's not about you. Stop trying to show off and prove to everybody how wonderful and great and spiritual you are because it's not about you. That frees us up. Man, that's freeing. I can set all that stuff aside. I don't have to worry about appearing to be somebody special. I can put all that aside because I'm not here for me. I belong to him. Remember whose you are, and it makes that journey go so much easier, so much lighter. Remember, he said, if you come to me, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. You can put aside all the baggage that you're carrying around trying to impress people all the time. And instead, you just live his life. Now you're about him. Remember whose you are. The psalmist said it so beautifully in Psalm 100. Know that the Lord, he is God. Now when it says the Lord, we know he's talking about Yahweh. He says, know that the Lord, he is God. The reason he emphasizes it that way, I think among other things, he's saying he's, he, all the other gods around at that time are not gods, only the Lord is. But he's also saying, know the Lord. That word know is to have an intimate relation. Get to know him. Don't know about him. Don't have the information, but know him personally. Know the Lord. Why? Because he is God. In other words, you are not. You're not God. It's not about you. You gave your life to him. Now let him be God. Let him have and stay on the throne of your life. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are the people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Remember whose you are on life's journey. And then while we journey through life, remember we are not home yet. We are on a journey. The journey has begun and we're living this life as a journey of following Jesus. We know that we know who we are. We know whose we are. We also must remember that we are not home yet. 
In verse 11, he, he calls us with two very important and, and powerful words. In, uh, in verse 11, he, he says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. That word sojourner means, you see the word journey in that word? It's the same word, journey, sojourner. A sojourner is someone who is who's living here temporarily, but this is not their home. I just I, I, I look out and I see some of you who, who like to get in them, them big RV deals. And you drive them big RV deals all up in the mountains and all around and you go everywhere. You'll be gone for two or three months at a time. You're a sojourner. You're living over yonder temporarily, but that's not your home. And he calls us sojourners. We're on a journey. We're living here temporarily, but this is not our home. The other word he uses is exile. Those who are in exile, for one reason or another, cannot live where they belong. They cannot live in their own home. Daniel was taken into exile when the enemy came in and grabbed up a bunch of those people and dragged them into exile. Sometimes people wind up being exiles because there's war or famine where they live and they have to leave. Sometimes there's a disaster and people have to get out and so they are exiles until they can finally go home. Those words are the words used to describe us. We are sojourners. We are living here temporarily, but this is not our home. And there is some reason that we cannot be at our home right now. You see, there's so much more to life than what we have right here. The nation of Israel had a similar experience that was a picture of our lives now. Once they were freed from slavery, they began a journey. And God led them through the wilderness as, as he leads us through a journey. But they knew that at the end of that journey, there was a promised land, just like there is for you and me. Philippians chapter 3 reminds us, but our citizenship is in heaven. You're a sojourner, you're in exile, means you're living where you're not at home. But your citizenship, your real home, is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking forward to Him coming back so then we can be with Him forever. Our citizenship is in heaven. Another way to look at it is found in Hebrews chapter 11. And I, I need to read so many verses, I'm not going to put them on the screen for you, but let me just read for you. Hebrews 11, we're going to begin at verse 13. Thus far in Hebrews 11, this is, you may re recognize that chapter, this is what we call the hall of faith. And thus far in chapter 11, the author has already said, by faith Abel did this and that. By faith Enoch did this and that. By faith Noah did this and that. By faith Abraham did this. By faith Sarah did this. And then he says in, in uh, chapter uh, 11 at verse 13, 
these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. These great people of faith did not get to experience all that God had promised yet, but they could look forward to it and they could see that it was coming. By faith, they knew that God was going to honor all of his promises. We now have already experienced a lot of those promises. On this side of the cross, on this side of Messiah's coming, we have experienced it. They had not, but they believed it. They trusted in it. They looked forward to all of those promises that would come. And it says that, they, that that hope allowed them to continue to live as strangers and exiles on the earth. Verse 14, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. We are strangers and exiles. We're seeking a homeland. We're looking forward to our promised land. Verse 15, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared for them a city. And the same is true of all who live by faith. We look forward to that homeland, understanding we are strangers and exiles. We look forward to the fulfillment of all the promises, including that promise that Jesus made where he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, that where I am, there ye may be also. We look forward to the fulfillment of that promise. Ashley used to watch a, a show when she was little, real little. It was one of the, the cartoon kind of educational things on PBS. It's called J.J. the Jet Plane. And J.J. the Jet Plane was just this, this, little, this, this little jet, a little plane, but he had kind of a, 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 a Thomas the, the Tank kind of a face, you know, and he was personified. He was just this little feller. Well, dad was this great big jet. And they go on a trip, you know, and dad's leading the way. And here's, here's, little, here's little J.J. following behind. And J.J. asked the question that all kids ask about an hour into the trip. What question is that? Are we there yet? And dad says, not yet, little airplane. And they fly along, and J.J. says, are we there yet? And Dad says, not yet, little airplane. We kind of picked up on that in our family, and we'd take our, our journey to Lake Jackson. We'd go down to see Lisa's parents a couple of times a year, I guess, and we'd be about an hour in, and Ashley, of course, she's, she's real little. And she says, are we there yet? And I'd say, not yet, little airplane. And she would laugh, and then it became a joke and a game. Are we there yet? Not yet, little airplane. Beloved, I'm, I'm just one voice crying out in the wilderness, telling you, we're not there yet. Not yet, little airplane. Don't give up. Keep flying. 
Keep trying. Keep working. Keep walking. Keep following. Keep trusting. Keep going. We're not there yet. Beloved, this is not all there is. This is just the journey home. We're just on a trip. We're exiles. We're strangers. We're sojourners. We're on our way. That nation of Israel wandering through the wilderness, they were a chosen nation who wandered through that wilderness until they finally got to cross that river Jordan and step into their promised land. We are a chosen nation following God as He leads us through this wilderness. But we know that we are only pilgrims passing through and we're on our way home. One of these days, and I hope it's not right away, but one of these days, I'm going to walk through that last dark valley that I have to go through. One of these days, I'm going to climb that last mountain that I'll ever have to climb. And on that day, I'm going to be able to take that final step across that river. And I'm going to step across that river and right smack dab into the middle of glory. And when that happens to me on that day, I can picture in my mind's eye that here's going to be my daddy. And I'm going to see my mama. And I'm going to see all of those friends and family members who've gone before me. And they're going to get around me and they're going to say, Welcome home. We knew you'd get here eventually. We've been waiting on you. And we're going to talk back and forth and we're going to celebrate. And we're going to tell some of those old stories. And we're going to remember the times that we had. And then that crowd's going to get quiet. And in the silence of that moment, the crowd is going to part. And I'm going to look up, and there's going to be my Lord, Jesus Christ. I've served him my whole life, and I've followed him all the way along, but I've never seen him until that day when I cross that river and I step into his home. I'm going to see him face to face, and I just pray that I get to hear those words, well done, good, faithful servant. And then from that day forward, from that day forward for the rest of eternity, I'm going to spend every ounce of energy I have praising the one who took me home. Beloved, this is just a journey. Don't get too discouraged. Don't get too distracted. This is just a journey. This is not who you are and you're not where you're supposed to be yet. Not yet, little airplane. We're not home. My first church was a different kind of church than our own here. It was a small country church. Our style of worship was old southern gospel. We had those little heavenly highway books. Anybody remember the heavenly highway books? Sang with shaped notes. One of our favorite songs at that first little church said, I'll meet you in the morning by the bright riverside. When all sorrow has drifted away, I'll be standing at the portals when the gates open wide at the close of life's long dreary day. I'll meet you in the morning with a how do you do, and we'll sit down by the river 
and with rapture old acquaintance renew. You'll know me in the morning by the smile that I wear when I meet you in the morning in that city built four square. Remember, we're not home yet. And then remember, we have a purpose here. We're not home yet, but we are here on purpose. This is not wasted time. This is not a wasted journey. There's a reason that we are here. You know, logic would tell us that if it's all about being home, then why don't we just get to accept Jesus and then go home? If that's really all there is, how come we can't just get saved and then go to heaven? You see, you're not home yet, but you're here on purpose. There's a reason. As long as you're still breathing, it's because God's not through with you on this plane yet. There's something more. And Peter gives us gives us a little insight into what that might be. He says you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're a people of his own possession, so, don't, so remember who you are and remember whose you are. And then he says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why are you still here? So you can tell everybody that you're on a journey. So you can stand out in a world of darkness. You can stand out and be a light to point everybody to, it says, his excellencies. In other words, to get people to glorify him, to praise him, and to follow him. And so he says in verse 11, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Don't let the world conform you. Instead, to keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Why? So that when they speak against you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You see, we have a purpose while we're here. And that is to stand out and be different and direct people's attention to the one who deserves that attention. While we're here, we bring glory to God. That means that we help people understand what a mighty and awesome God he is. We share that good news and we make disciples and we demonstrate love and we introduce people to Jesus. In other words, he brought us out of darkness into light and now we get to bring that light to the darkness around us. Remember, Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount in the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That is our purpose while we're here. We're on a journey, but it's a journey with a purpose. And it's a journey that's going to take us all the way home.